Welcome, everyone, to Marvel Cinematic University, where we cover all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies one by one as we lead our way to Avengers Infinity War. I am joined, as usual, by my panel of hosts, Anthony Cannon III. How are you today? Good evening, good evening, good evening. I am excited to talk a little Avengers today. What's up, Jerome? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, we are checking on our third host, Jay Christie. How are you breathing over there? Uh, you know, I had to run up the stairs to get here at a uh, semi-reasonable time. You know, I live in a uh, fourth-floor walk-up. I'm hanging in there, coach. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> take, take, take a swig of water on the bench. Um, this is a big moment. Moment, guys, we are at the end of phase one. As uh, Anthony has mentioned, we are covering today Avengers, the first Avengers. And as this universe expands, so do we. For the first time ever, we are welcoming a guest onto the pod, a good friend of Jake's. You may find her at Neats Blove on Twitter. I hope I said that right. Neats. Okay. Welcome, welcome, Neats. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Um, I'm stoked. I just rewatched the movie. It ended like an hour ago, so I'm I'm so mad. It's fresh. Yeah, it's super fresh right now. Awesome. Nice. Well, I mean, let's get into it, everyone. Initial thoughts, Neats. You are a first timer here. Why don't you lead us off? What did you think of the film? How do you remember it now compared to your first viewings before? I mean, damn! In like a sentence? Uh, no, no, no. As no, I, as you need. <laughs> <laughs> no I love this movie. Um, I'll tell you what, watching it now after knowing everything that comes forward, it's hard not to talk about it because you see how much they really did set up, not mm -hmm. just in phase one, but like in this one movie alone, I could get into it later, but there's so much that if you don't watch and like see those details then a lot doesn't make sense in phase two and phase three. So mm -hmm. uh, 10 out of 10, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's our first official rating, which I like. I love it. Yep. This is oh, great. Okay. Happy to do that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, uh, Jake, how, how are you breathing over there? Uh, I'm done too. Well, I'm back. I'm it? back. I'm back. I'm back. You're back. Welcome back. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah, thank you. I am. Um, well, I mean, I remember the first time I saw this. I mentioned it on the last pod. I saw it. Uh, it was. I don't think it was on my birthday, but it was for my birthday with me, my twin brother, and two of our friends. And it was great then. And it's even better now. Now that I've seen all the movies, and I can't like. It's just. It has. There's like, oh my, I want to say there's an effortlessness to it because they obviously do set up a lot of stuff, but at no point do you feel it, it feels like just a fun big blockbuster movie that also is like, well, wow, like it's you can tell that it is being driven by a person who's not only a capable director because Phase One was directed by capable directors, but a director who is completely comfortable with all on his plate, like Joss Whedon, even though recently he's been you know, a weird creep who likes feet a lot, that he, <laughs> the way he's, the way he is just so comfortable, basically driving around the Titanic, is you can, upon your, like, third or fourth watch, you're just like, holy shit, I cannot believe this guy balanced all these personalities and the story, wonderful, 10 out of 10 also. I know he's been waiting to talk about this ever since we started this pod. Anthony Cannon III, the floor is yours. Well, listen, man. All I can say is this. I remember the first time I saw this movie. I saw this movie in Boston. The weekend it came out, Saturday. 
And all I could think of, and you guys remember how I was in the first uh, pod where I talked about Iron Man and the whole Avengers initiative. So at this point, we have been building up and building up to this moment. And my expectations were through the roof for this film. And one thing I can honestly say, I never get tired of watching it. I think I've seen it almost 20 times. And <laughs> it's just it's just amazing to see all of these characters uh, fit in in a perfect way. And just the combination of personalities and different aspects of everybody's character uh, being shown in the film everybody was given a time to shine and it really set up the next huge story arc which you know at the time you think okay avengers what can they do to top this and you realize that there was way way more. but same as all of you guys 10 out of 10 it was just an amazing film that i can't talk enough about for sure i forget Got how good this movie was. Yeah, so did I. I think, I think, just in referencing it, whether re- with regard to the rest of the Marvel Cinematic Universe or, of course, the DC Extended Universe, uh, often Avengers gets referenced as kind of a benchmark for all the other movies. Mm-hmm. How they pull this off, I even to the point of future Avenger films, it's really no small feat. Uh, you nailed it, Jake, in saying. How the hell did Joss Whedon pull this off? Balancing it all together. Definite 10 out of 10. And you know what? Let's just get into our next uh, topic. Written and directed by Joss Whedon. Very well-renowned for his quippy lines. I want to start off this pod with the favorite line. Ooh. Let's start with you, Jake. Um, okay, mine is actually a line that is not witty. I mean, I'll give an honorable mention. I love the line. My honorable mention and my regular one are both from uh bruce banner because i f***ing love mark ruffle in this movie i forgot that this upon watching it this time he's out and about my like i love tony stark but mark, mark bruce banner is so good in this especially having just seen edward norton in the past few weeks like it's it's um it's like it's unbelievable but seriously it's unbelievable how good he is and and my runner-up is where he's talking i don't remember the exact setup where he's talking about where they think they're going to be on a submarine and he says, you really think you want me in an underwater low-pressure environment? And then when it starts to fly, he says in, like, a happy, like, oh, no, this is much worse. Um, <laughs> which I love. But my favorite line of his is actually not quippy at all. It's a line that I remember from the first time I saw it, and I thought it was so poetic and, like, just so sincerely tragic that it almost it sticks out to me every time because it's such a... It just doesn't. It, it's so much more serious than a superhero movie normally is thought of. It's when he's talking about them wanting to kill him, and he says, "But you can't. I know. I tried. I got low. I didn't see an end, so I put a bullet in my mouth, and the other guy spit it out." Which I think is just That's a deleted scene. Yeah. I think from it Incredible is? Hulk as oh, well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Where he that puts exists. a bullet in his mouth. Yes. Yeah, I yes. thought you were saying that that came in the bill. I'm like, no, I think I remember that from the theatrical version. No, but uh, yeah, I just love the poetry of that line and how, I don't know, like just the way Mark Ruffalo pulls off that sadness, but also being able to make, like he's just, he does everything that Edward Norton didn't. And so, yeah, that's my favorite line. Anthony. 
Oh, wow. There were so many. This is what made this so hard preparing for this podcast is that there were so many of these. So many good two lines. honorable mentions this time, if you like. Yeah. Well, no, because you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going to save the honorable mention for favorite scene because I think it fits in with um okay. my favorite scene. But the exchange when all of them are all of them are there like similar to what you were just talking about jake with the with the bruce banner talking about his uh, plight and his situation mm-hmm. everybody's on edge and finally we see this tension between tony stark and steve rogers uh bubbling to the surface it's more of their exchange because their exchange just shows the 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 difference the complete difference in personalities between the two so steve rogers goes big man in a suit of armor Take that off. What are you? Genius billionaire playboy philanthropist. I know guys with none of that worth 10 of you. I've seen the footage. The only thing you really fight for is yourself. You're not the guy to make the sacrifice play, to lay down on a wire and let the other guy crawl over you. I think I would just cut the wire. Always a way out. You know, you may not be a threat, but you better stop pretending to be a hero. A hero? Like you? You're a laboratory experiment, Rogers. Everything special about you came out of a bottle. Put on the suit. Let's go a few rounds. So it just, I appreciate the, I pr- appreciate the fact that these two in the comic books are the leaders of the Avengers. And they're just two completely different personalities. So they do a great job of establishing way off the bat that these two just have different ideologies of how they want to how they want to be a hero and how they want to carry out the mission and how they want to get things done. So I think that was a great, great uh, uh, situation to put these two together. And it got a little bit explosive. And it kind of was a foreshadowing of what their partnership was going to be. Even though they work together, it's not going to be that easy. Yeah, I actually want to say something. The thing I picked up when I watched it this time is that um, I almost think that a lot of Tony's resentment of Steve is not just because of, like, personality differences, but part of me feels like it's almost, like, a way of uh, resentment for his father because yes. Steve was friends 100%. with his father. And I think that that's so... Oh, yeah. It's it's well done in the fact that, like, they obviously reference once or twice that Captain America knew his father, but I feel like yeah. a lesser... A lesser film would be, like, you're just mad at me because I, I knew your old man or something like that, and... The fact that they don't do it in my stupid ass had to wait till like the third or fourth viewing to pick it up is like mm-hmm. that's great. I love it. It's more nuanced. It's, it's it lies under. You can tell it, but they uh, they don't punch you in the face with it for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a slow build. I appreciated that that exchange. All right, Neats. What was your favorite line? Okay, well I have hella two, but um, I'll pick just two of them. So first one's a little bit sentimental. If you remember, it like the very beginning. Agent Coulson is coming to pick up Iron Man, basically, to come join the Avengers. And then Mrs. Potts and him just finish, I don't know, lighting up the tower with their reusable thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then he good stuff with the arc reactor. So I think he goes in, Mrs. Potts obviously knows him, and then she goes, Bill, come in. And he's like, uh, His first name is Agent. Something like that. <laughs> yes. I love that. I love that, that was line. a great line. Yeah. Right? It's at the very beginning. It's like, Tony does not give a, can I cuss on a pod? Absolutely. Is that a thing? Um, I'll beep it, but you can, yeah. <laughs> okay, amazing. So he, like, obviously doesn't give a sh- about Agent Coulson. He really doesn't even care about the Avengers at that point. He would, mm-hmm. like, rather get laid with Mrs. Potts than go 
And well, he's been rejected by them too, if you think yeah. about it. Yeah, like they didn't want him. But, like to be fair, neither would I. But you know, that's <laughs> I love Iron Man, but I get it. Moral of the story: that's a really sentimental one because then what? An hour and a half later, you have a natural progression where all of a sudden him and obviously Captain America has a little bit more empathy are um, essentially avenging Agent Coulson's death, mm-hmm. right? It was it really yeah. catalyzed that kind of togetherness. Now, second one, and I'm shocked y'all didn't bring it up, but we have a Hulk when Iron Man says that. I have an army. We have a Hulk. Oh, my God. That, it's to just... me, besides, like, the Hulk has so many great moments in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't recognize 2008 Hulk, so we can just, like, get that out of the way. <laughs> I was going to say, you might not, but this podcast does. If you want to hear us shit on it, you that episode. That, but... Thank you, Jake. It's the bottom rank so far. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) Um, No, that's just a really great line. And then that kind of leads into the fact that the Hulk, if you, when I rewatched the movie, I realized that all of them, from like Iron Man, obviously driving the nuke into the portal, to Thor being a god, to, you know, Hawk is like everyone's executive assistant, I guess. Then you Mm -hmm. got the Hulk, who literally just like, runs through everyone and i think he doesn't get enough credit for the fact that he is kind of like the biggest badass there and i thought that line line embodied it well so those are my favorite too and also wait what is that bang in the background if you don't mind me asking that is it's my radiator i live in new york i know well, <laughs> hey I that's a real thing man if one if i can do my best to walk away from can it you, but can you mute your mic your while uh, you're not talking absolutely thank you <laughs> Well, echoing uh, Neith's points about the Hulk, my favorite line is a scene uh, that happens where Bruce Banner is amidst a whole bunch of wreckage. He just fell out of the sky, and a security guard asks him, You're an alien? What? I'm out of space, an alien. No. Well then, son, you've got a condition. I... <laughs> that was a good one, too. <laughs> so, throughout this, I think... Um, in reestablishing the Hulk, they make a lot of effort in terms of letting Mark Ruffalo have a lot of different scenes to show how differently and how much mm-hmm. really he is than Ed Norton in this role. And the whole setup in terms of building toward the first Hulk moment happens throughout. We've all touched on lines that mentioned and uh, led to that buildup. And at any given point, it's always just talking about this particular condition and what he could be. And I don't know, something about this particular one, uh, partly because I forgot this even happened. And, I, and so because it's almost like hearing it the first time, it just got me laughing from it. It's, I think it's going to be a consistent theme throughout, but the Hulk is kind of an all-star in this one. Yeah, I, and also I um, want to point out that, that the guy who says that line to him is uh, recently deceased veteran character actor Harry Dean Stanton. So shout out to him. Oh, ah, rest in peace. Uh, I mean, he was like nine. He was but, yeah. that sad. Well, was no. he the father in Sixteen Candles, or my mid? Was uh, he in some John Hughes films, or my mistaking? You might him? be, because I don't think he. I think he, okay. he's too old for that. But anyway, right. Anyway, anyway. So, uh, speaking about characters, um, mentioned this before we started recording. I thought we'd do a little bit of a switch up and not go into favorite non-superhero character in the movie just because so many characters in the movie uh have appeared throughout the universe i also think the only answer is colson the only 
answer would be Coulson, unless you really are partial toward yeah. the newly added Agent Maria Hill or Shield guy who plays Galaga. Or you yeah, maybe Nick Fury, <laughs> but like Nick Fury, maybe Nick Fury. Nick Fury is he? The thing is, I he's good in this, but he's better in other movies. So like, yeah. it kind of colors it for me. Exactly. Yeah. So that said, I thought we just go into a larger uh, scope of it. We're at the end of Phase One. Who is your Phase One MVP, superhero or non-superhero? Let's start with Anthony on this one. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy since uh, Tony Stark does save the world uh, in this Avengers movie. And then I think with him starting it off in the original Iron Man and him kind of being the headliner, the main event, Tony Stark is is definitely the MVP of Phase 1 to me. Uh, he establishes everything in the MCU. He's the main character. He's the, the charisma that Robert Downey Jr. gave the character is uh, something that has kind of made the MCU what it was, a huge part of everything. And, of course, everything that Tony Stark does, everything that he's involved in, and the fact that, yes, again, he, he is able to be a huge part of getting these these uh, this team together. And then, of course, um, at the end, uh, driving the uh, the nuke into into space and, uh, and, and saving the day, being a huge part of saving the day, which uh, we will hear about from him <laughs> in, in other movies uh, to come. They have so, strong feelings about it, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I'm not... Let's stay on task here, because I'm We'll stay on you, task. Yeah, but, uh, but, but yeah, Tony Stark for sure. Tony Stark for sure. All right. Neats, uh, you did touch upon all the Phase 1 movies outside of it. We did talk about that. Who would be your MVP of Phase 1? Um, That was my answer. It's absolutely Tony Stark. So I'm not going to pick another one, but I'm going to just like delve a little bit deeper onto it. Reason, he's definitely my MVP. But Jan, like, you know, he kicked the whole thing off with Iron Man. He... um is to be fair like the reason that the avengers can even exist just beyond money and even like going into the real world robert downey jr bringing everything that he brought to the movie universe is kind of what drove a lot of its success in the early time um the reason he's really my mvp now is like re-watching the avengers i realized all the things that tony had a piece in setting up in the movie just set up everything for phase two and three i mean even down to spider-man right i mean that's less tony and more the avengers in general and like all the space gunk that came out and then the guy who was trying to fix it and i won't ruin spider-man for people that haven't seen it but <laughs> basically all you know you guys know what i'm talking about so that's all yeah. that really matters but mm -hmm. um that being said like tony was kind of the driving force behind a lot of it so it's got to be him and if i get to pick a second one i'm gonna just do it it's got to be colson i talk about it a lot there's no avengers really without him dying and i don't acknowledge the tv universe he, he is not resurrected i don't care um he's dead <laughs> as hell um so agent colson without like those cards and if you again i i just watched the movie so i'm a little bit too into <laughs> it but they set him up with each one of the characters in a different way and like made it personal so he knew Mrs. Potts, or he had the collectibles of Captain America. Um, he, Thor, watched him die by his mm -hmm. brother. So, like, each one kind of had, like, a really deeper connection to it. So, him. All right. Jake. I mean, my actual answer is Tony Stark, because obviously, like, I obviously want to say Mark Ruffalo, but he's 
I think that he's important in that he's like the sixth man, definitely, because uh-huh. I think that I really do believe that his cat, like, I think this movie is a lot worse without him because he's give because he, Mark Ruffalo just needs to be like, I don't, I don't know what this movie looks like with Edward Norton, but because I don't want to talk more about <laughs> oh Tony God. Stark. Not as good. That's for sure. My, <laughs> my cheeky answer of the MVP mm-hmm. of phase one is Kevin Feige. Your turn. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna fair. pick someone that's corporate though i mean i did i fair i mean that in the next way i mean that is fair but i would say that just like uh, outside of the character because yes tony stark obviously is the best character in phase mm-hmm. one um mm-hmm. but the fact i really do think it it is it seems like such a given now because so many movies are doing it but whoever had like whoever was like yes we are going to put all our money in on making a superhero team up movie uh thank you i appreciate i know you're a corporate like person who doesn't care about whether or not any of us live or die but i appreciate that anyway Jerome. <laughs> <laughs> i mean tony stark is undeniable uh I'm, I'm gonna go for a bit of a basketball analogy here uh as it's gonna be a stretch tony he is undeniable like LeBron James. He's LeBron been consistent James. throughout. He's been the constant MVP, but with two Iron Man movies in the in phase one mm-hmm. and all that, I start feeling a little fatigue from it. So and you're so saying he's got I too high of a Derek usage percentage? Pick, the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Oh! I went with, wow. I, I'm going with Incredible Hulk. I, I think it just really... Obviously, Incredible Hulk... In Avengers, we don't count the other one that existed before that. Mm-hmm. But um, he's so good in this movie. Like, so good that I remember the first time watching it, it changed everything I felt about all the different characters. Uh, throughout, I had always been kind of a Thor stan for whatever reason. I can't explain it. But the Hulk after this one just, like, took over for me uh, for the longest time. And watching it again this time, I just... Awesome. It was definitely recency, but MVP of the film, me. And you know what? Probably my favorite character that I, that came through in all the movies. So that's maybe why I would go with MVP that way. Um, that said, uh, we've gotten a lot of praise. I think I don't know if we have any, but any grapes of the film, any kind of bloopers, anything that rubs you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with Jake on this one. Jake, do you have anything that you've come across? Um, I feel like there are some moments where it kind of, where, like, some of the exposition setting up other stuff feels a little clunky. Um, a big mm-hmm. thing that is kind of, not that, I don't know, I hate to say that this is bad, because I don't want the alternative, but <laughs> it is kind of silly how much, like, firepower is supposed to be believed is, like, coming down upon New York, and... I really don't even want to say this, but I was thinking as I was watching it, and I've thought it every time I've seen it, like, there's no way that would happen and civilians wouldn't die. Like, we only see people right. get saved, which is fine, like, it's a PG-13 movie, but it's at, there's mm-hmm. times where it's like, oh, that snake thing is just gonna so happen to just graze the side of the building, okay? Like, it, it, yeah. it, it happens so often where it's like, this is so very clearly just to keep a PG-13 and to not be sad, that, like... Yeah. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I just have a question. What about for, the yeah. the news credits though? Right after, yes. right? So like after the Avengers save everyone, they run through everyone saying, "I just want to know what's out there and what are they not telling us?" And they show people putting down flowers yeah, exactly. and cards. Right. 
Yeah. I, I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. And really, the whole premise of Civil War, when it comes later, is really starts from here, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess I want I almost I think I want a middle ground between how much destruction there was in uh, Man of Steel uh, and <laughs> um, wow. but yeah, yeah, I'm just curious, uh, Neitz and Anthony, as fellow New Yorkers, do you think about the main fight scene every single time you walk towards the New York Public Library? Because I do. <laughs> it's funny because it's funny because. I just I just look at that whole battle scene and, and and I appreciate the fact that in future movies that they always refer back to it even in the even in the Netflix TV shows yes. they refer it's a huge to it that, deal that, in refer to it at Jessica time. Jones and yeah yeah absolutely and um, it's just if I want to think about like just the the movie in general as far as mistakes it's like and i've seen it so many times so like i i kind of like and i have picked up on certain things that are not you know from a continuity standpoint not great like tony stark doesn't know who tony stark's uh, when at the beginning when colson shows up with uh, him and pepper shows him the computer that has you know all the files on every, all of the avengers which includes thor there and then um, about, I would say, 20 minutes later when he meets Thor for the first time and probably one of the funnier scenes in the movie, um, he doesn't actually know who Thor is. So that was kind of that was kind of something that I had picked up on. But besides that, man, it was really hard to find anything wrong with this movie. I just loved it so much. And I don't mean to be like a fanboy or anything, but I, I listen, I can't help it. This movie was amazing. It was just so amazing from all different aspects and it exceeded my expectations level that I have to admit I do ca- kind of have some blinders on here. Mm-hmm. Neats. Um, my biggest qualm with this movie is the Tesseract is supposed to be the ultimate power, like the Infinity Stone in general. Mm-hmm. He grabs the heart of the Hawk and the Professor, and then the only thing that it takes to get them back is like a really hard knock to the head. <laughs> oh <laughs> wow! For a while. Right. Good job, well, Nits. There's not really like a good way around that because they're not going to get into some crazy magic that combats a Tesseract. And one thing I got to give Marvel credit for is that Natasha tries to play it off as something that makes sense by calling it cognitive recalibration. Yeah. When the hot back. So she tries to make it sound fancy. She said, I gave you a really hard hit to the head. Fine. Um, Like the Hulk, for example, when he got hit really hard, that's when he reverted back to being a person. So I don't know. You can make some gamma radiation type connection there, but that's my biggest qualm. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, mine, uh, I'll have to credit. Um, I don't know if you have ever seen the Screen Junkies uh, Honest Trailers before, but uh, they point this out, and I can't unsee it ever since. Uh, it has been in the final battle in New York. It doesn't look like anyone has any actual kind of communication device, and yet they're all talking to each other throughout as if they do. Mm-hmm. AirPods. If, air, mm. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> like, really, only Iron Man has a helmet on and a full device that looks like it would, but Thor, um, Black Widow, Hawkeye, basically every other character... Um, Captain America doesn't wear his helmet throughout, so you couldn't even say that he was using anything off there. So that feels like it feels that. like a deleted scene thing, where there's a deleted scene where someone's like, "Take, take these. You never know when you're gonna need them." And it's like tiny pods. You know what I mean? 
Right, right. Well, I almost felt, um, I, I know it's jumping way ahead, but I think everyone here has seen Black Panther. Yep. Yes. Yeah. They do have a scene where Shuri shows the communication device, and I always wonder, is that an answer to this at all? But either way. <laughs> um, oh, quick interjection, Jerome. Uh, I know Neitz, uh made the made the observation of the Tesseract, and mm-hmm. uh, since we are on the road to Infinity War... Find the Infinity Stone. So we have the Tesseract, which is the Space Stone, um, mm-hmm. that appears again. And, of course, the Mind Stone is in this movie as well. Obviously, used to take control of Dr. Selvig and Hawkeye. So we've got two Infinity Stones so far in these movies, with four more to go. Thank you for keeping our checklist. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of that, um, I totally forgot that there was this uh, secret board of shadowy figures that existed in this world until this moment. Um, just the world council that appears at the end of the film. Yeah. And uh, I had thought this was their only appearance. And then I think they actually show up later on too in Winter Soldier. Yeah, they're in the Winter but Soldier. Yeah, I don't know why. They just seem like such forgettable yeah. characters. They're I, be- I, I like them more in Winter anything. Soldier. Right, because they actually exist as also outside they, of... And Robert Redford's with anonymous, them. Anonymous, yeah. yeah. Right, right, right. Fair enough. Um, while we're on the topic of just kind of discussing the end of it, uh, you know who shows up at the end? Stan Lee. Uh, How yeah. intrusive was Stan Lee in The Avengers? Let's start with Neats. Intrusive. On a scale of one ten. Very yeah. intrusive. Zero. He's not zero. He will never be intrusive. He what? He called it a hoax. It's kind of funny. You got to have that crazy person on TV being like the Battle of New York. Never <laughs> um. So and you know he's in. He's an old dude playing chess, probably at like Union Square. I'll give it to him. Um, right. Not intrusive at all. None. All right. Jake? Um, yeah, I'm going to second that he's probably playing the Union Square. Because um, <laughs> uh, he definitely seems like the guy who. Because obviously they have like the chess boards at some of the parks, but he seems like one of the guys who has his own set. Uh, but I'm going to say one just because I don't think you can give something zero out of 10, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think it definitely was. It was. This is my favorite of his cameos thus far. Um, because mm-hmm. it was, it, Neitz is right in that the character he's playing absolutely, like, even if Stanley didn't need to have cameos in every movie, I could see there being a character who's like, superheroes in New York, cameo. Like, that feels like a real character <laughs> right away, so. Anthony? Yeah, it's definitely a one, because his, uh, his scene, even though he speaks in it, takes place after everything has happened. Yeah. So, right. uh, for me, it's definitely a one. Uh, I'm the same boat. Uh, I had already voiced um, how I thought it was a higher score in Captain America because I felt like they created a scene for the sake of this. In this case, it flowed organically, and it was actually a clever use of Stanley. You know, him being the creator, also being the skeptic in this. So, yeah, definitely one. Um, now that that's all out of the way, this is the part I'm looking forward to. Favorite scene of yeah. the film. Honestly, the floor is open. Whoever wants to take it first, go for it. My answer is boring, mm. so I'll go first. Cause go uh, what what you guys, if you haven't figured out already, uh, I like the talky scenes more than the punchy scenes, which is weird that I want to do a superhero podcast. But the but scene, that's okay for this yeah, film no, in particular. Scene, I would say, yeah, not the group scene, but the scene where Tony and Bruce are working together, where Tony offers Bruce the grapes. It's just like honestly, what it is. And I love this. This is my this is probably my favorite thing that happens in movies. Is it's the first time I think in any of these movies where it just feels like two actors 
just playing characters beautifully and just chewing up everything in you know when you see a movie where it's just like oh shit, these are two fucking a actors you know what i mean like <laughs> they're the chemistry that they have is so perfect and like i love the mannerisms uh mark ruffalo has like how he always rubs his hands and stuff like that is so perfect because like obviously you know there's like the idea that his fists become weapons when he becomes the hulk and how kind of carefree tony stark is and how it it's just that chemistry in that scene is so it just makes me happy it just feels like oh this is this is what ca- charisma and charm looks like, and it's done the best way. And I think if any, if Joss Whedon does anything, I think what he does better than witty lines is getting the most out of his actors, and he gets so much out of them in the scene. Um, about that scene that you mentioned, uh, I think what's really cool about this is Tony Stark seems to be ahead of everyone else because everyone sees the Hulk as a threat, and he already sees him as their greatest asset mm-hmm. this whole time. Yeah. And he's just trying to pull it, like, get it out of uh, Bruce Banner this whole time because he knows. And, like, it, it exhibits itself later on when he says, tell him to suit up because he already knows what no one else does outside of Bruce Banner himself. And I think scenes like that really display that and also help the fact that they have this very natural, comfortable chemistry because not only is Iron Man comfortable with him, he genuinely likes him. And so, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you remember, too... Uh, the Hulk saves him at the end. Exactly. Right. Right. Thor was winding up and he was going to go get him, but he was falling too fast. And then the Hulk who, you know, inevitably just smashes things. uh, (laughs) That came like, that was so believable because of the scene that he had mentioned, that chemistry was so organic um, Mm -hmm. that when he saved him, it was kind of like, okay, obviously the Hulk is going to save Tony. Right. Love that. Yeah. Pretty good. While you're on it, uh, do you have a favorite scene (laughs) needs? Um, yeah, it's a little bit lame. So I I have a ton, but my favorite now watching it back is knowing everything that we know, um, especially about Civil War and kind of the 180 that uh, Tony and the 180 that Tony had done, essentially, and also Captain America in terms of their views, like Captain America being very, I'm pro listening to whatever the government has to say to me and tell me what to do versus Tony saying, I'm going to do whatever. And then civil war, obviously flipping that with the accords. Um, there's a scene that really solidified that for me. And that's when Nick Fury is handing them the cards and just their general reaction. They're the only two sitting at the table. I didn't remember that at all. I remembered uh, Fury showing all of them the cards and kind of making them realize you guys have to avenge this guy, but they were the only two. Right. They're the leaders. They're the drivers. They're the people who need to care. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just like a powerful moment for me now looking at it, because, again, they do those 180s. You go to Civil War and now they're not getting along and the Avengers are essentially breaking. That scene means so much when you know what comes afterward, for sure. Yes. 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 AC. Wow. Okay. so. So listen, (laughs) Obviously, like just disclaimer, AC, you're not allowed to give us the full plot synopsis of the film. You have to pick specific <laughs> scenes. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, it's my one scene and and it's just my favorite because it it brings everything full circle and it brought us to the moment where we are assembled. So so obviously the battle for New York has started and everything is happening. And before the battle had started. Uh, Tony had Tony had told Steve to if you find Banner, tell him to suit up. So mm-hmm. we get we get to the where Captain America, Hawkeye, and Black Widow have uh, landed. Thor has shown up, and they're all fighting. And and then Iron Man, um, 
Iron Man's waiting for for the Hulk to show up at some point, so Steve Rogers goes, Stark, we got him. Banner? Just like you said. And tell him to suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. And then, of course, you see Iron Man flying with the with the big ass Leviathan uh, alien breaking out of the building and speeding toward the rest of the event. Black Widow goes, "I don't see how that's a party." So then, <laughs> so then, of course, um, when all of this is happening, then which was so cool because when you think about the Incredible Hulk, you think about bluster and you think about anger, and then it's mm-hmm. just Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner riding up in that little scooter. <laughs> so so quietly and so unassuming. So Steve Rogers goes to him, Dr. Banner. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. And then, which is a very underrated line of the film, Bruce Banner uh-huh. goes, That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. And of course, he it, he immediately transforms and punches the crap out of the uh, Leviathan. I when that happened, just for yeah. The yeah. Also, <laughs> so because like, they set it up yeah. so perfectly earlier, where he says, uh, where he's about to tell him yeah. his secret, and then they he, they stop him. It's just. Also, I don't think that's a forgotten line. I reference that almost like I reference that like once a month in different things. I never say I'm always angry, <laughs> but like, and, for example, when I was last at Disney with the family. Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, they were noticing that every time someone stopped for a bathroom break, I always went and they're like, "Jake, why do you always go to the bathroom?" And I say, "That's my secret. I always have to go to the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's, and, that's a th- and that's the thing. Like when that happens, so like you have to take take it. And when I remember, and everybody in the theater when I first saw this movie was was clapping, everybody was yelling, screaming, and whatever. And then, of course, you have to give a shout out to the score of the Avengers. That yeah, that whole thing. So, like, and then, of course, the yeah, and the screen and the screen pants and shows all of them. I was like, yo, this is like heaven, man. They made the perfect film and they made the perfect moment. This was the perfect. So, obviously, by far, top notch scene right there. Uh, before I get into mine, um, just because we're all talking about these scenes, I have to shout out, usually when you get a movie trailer, the common complaint is that it gives up all the good parts. Yeah. And you thought that when you were going into Avengers, like, oh, man, they revealed this, this. You did not know what else was coming. And that's what makes this movie so incredible to me, because they had what they showed you to get hyped, and then they went like a million notches up from that yeah man <sighs> um low-key uh fun line from uh your favorite scene uh and one that i wouldn't mind using from time to time uh when he shows up on the little scooter around says so this all seems horrible yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and you guys still want to acknowledge ed norton as your hulk after all of these lines i just i don't get it Look, we promised we would I, we'd be liars about our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't say also, yeah. also, uh, Neats, I, I seem to remember a quote that many uh, teenage girl in circa 2008 would use on the internet. If you can't handle me uh-huh. at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. We, if, <laughs> if we can't acknowledge the That's MCU. Do you think I was in 2008? No, Ed, no, Ed, I was Ed not, Norton is a lot warmer. For the record, the I was not okay, saying sorry. that you used that quote. I was saying that many a teenage girl used that quote. <laughs> Hell no. 
Okay, sorry. All good. Okay, so for my favorite scene, um, I have two words. Puny God. When he owns the out of Loki, it's so out of left field. It's the point... I mean, it's already happened so many times in the series. Like, you would catch all these moments that you just never thought you would find on camera on in a movie. And then this happens, and he just smacks him all around. It's a cartoon. It's a visual it's cartoon. And it also... Um, Neats had talked about it earlier. This, The Hulk is actually the strongest one out there, and you don't realize it, and you take it for granted. And then in that moment, I mean, Loki has basically been owning every other character in there, and he's had a war of words. He has fooled them. He has tricked them. He had no shot with the Hulk. He tried to talk his way out of it, and within seconds, he got smacked into the ground. And it's such a ridiculous scene. It's on top of a um, bunch of you know what Incredible Hulk 2008 doesn't exist. Let's let's just Thank say that it doesn't you. exist. There you go. Thank except you. on this podcast. Except on this podcast. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Unless Jerome says that in review. Of course, Jerome says that Jerome was not present for that podcast. Oh yeah, I, Anthony. I, I, I put in work. On that one. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, big deal to Shout you. I also we <laughs> all say I did. Let me say this: I did not sit through that movie for a second time to say that it does that we our podcast on it doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> what you reminded me of though when you're talking about the Hulk is I love the line when uh, Steve Rogers is giving out orders to everyone and he just said and he finishes oh, up with yeah. and Hulk <sighs> smash. Which is a bit silly oh because obviously he doesn't know, like, that's not a catchphrase. Like, there's no there's no real reason why he would use that phraseology, but I love it. But we all fell for it, right? Yeah. Like, we yeah. all fell for it when it happened. <laughs> in, in a yeah, much better should. way than a movie that may or may not exist. Yes, I'll correct. I'll say that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Um, do we have any other... Honorable mention scenes. Anything else that wants to be mentioned? This is your opportunity because we are going to move on to the next phase after this. I feel like we haven't okay, talked honorable, about like, okay. honorable mention. Oh, final thoughts. Scene. Final thoughts on the film. Oh, well, I have one honorable mention scene that does deserve it. Tony Stark. I mean, Iron Man and Thor's first meeting is tremendous. Yep. You have no and, idea oh, what you call what it? you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. Does Mother know you wear as her drapes? And I'm like, yes, I know. Like from, and, and y'all remember when I was going through I my remember. whole Shakespearean uh, spiel with Thor, and then Tony says that line. It was so, I it had me cracking up. Yeah, man. I, he's I, just, he's just so great. At it. I was just thinking we could go through like a roll call of all the characters that we haven't talked about because I think that like Thor. I was gonna bring up Thor because Thor is really good in this movie. Um, I think that he plays. I think that I think I didn't realize so much when I was first watching it, and I think that Chris Hemsworth, even though he is obviously a big hunky you know dude who probably isn't thought of for his acting abilities that much i think he plays the like responsibility for what's going on really well like in a way that adopted classic line yeah oh yeah in a way that like i always like hated how like superman movies would be bad at this like general zod wouldn't have come and destroyed killed a bunch of people if superman wasn't on earth but like superman doesn't really like seem that phased about that. Whereas like Thor feels really bad that Loki's on Earth. Yeah. But also I want to talk about something that I think I want to give a shout out because he's the most maligned character in probably any movie franchise. Hawkeye is not bad in this movie. He, he's not. He's not. He, bad. No, he's not. 
This what? is like the only movie he's a little bit more than like a team project manager in. Correct. I mostly <laughs> suspect because Jeremy Renner is one of the most wooden actors in existence. <laughs> and I, I, I like him in a lot of movies, but he just doesn't give a lot. But I think that what I also think that he also is a superhero is not as terrible as people say he is. Like, yeah, he just shoots arrows, but like he shoots arrows that do a lot of different things. But also I think that his um his whole the fact that he's the one who gets turned and his storyline with uh Black Widow is really great. And that cause then it brings up the scene where um uh, Black Widow is talking to Loki and she's acting like she's That's getting upset. And I, and honestly, I've been fooled every single time. I forget every single time that she's fooling. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's it's just that relationship is I don't know. It's it's important I think for the yes, film because matters. because it I I think if it was all just random people thrown together, especially because Hawkeye and Black Widow don't have their own movies, I think the fact that they come as like a tandem makes it like mm-hmm. i don't know well and black I, widow not yet spoiler alert well, <laughs> yeah, yeah these two along with shield have been working at this longer than iron man thor mm-hmm. captain america or hulk so yeah. if anything they are more invested in this than anyone else should be so i mean they deserve at least some of the credit even if they don't have the same power that yeah. everyone else does yeah. I mean, listen, Hawkeye is super important and he does keep that glue together. And I don't remember what the next movie that he comes back in to sort of pull them all together and make them center again. But there's that one scene in the Battle of New York where he jumps off one of the rooftops, goes into another building, and he just, he's out because he crashed through some glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he can't get up. And that's, that's, he's, he's human, but that's kind of, that was a moment to me where like he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be there. Like, give him an earpiece. Yeah. I don't know. Which he didn't have, for the record. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely... uh, I I don't mind that he's less than all of them. And the same thing with Black Widow. I think people just don't talk about that. I don't know why. I think it's just because shooting arrows is inherently kind of silly thing to do in, like, (laughs) modern times. But I think that I would almost... I kind of just want, like, almost a recognition of, like... Like, the fact that it's never discussed that they're hour of their league compared to the other guys is like a little mm-hmm. it feels like that would be something that they talked about immediately like hey we i know like that he would say like hey i know i'm not super guys but i could help but like to act as if he's on the same elite level fighting force as the rest of them is i think that's why he'll make fun of them but if it was like hey i you guys need a you guys some need someone to stand on the buildings and like call stuff out i can do that i'd be fine with that but they don't yeah. treat it like that they treat it like oh the best fighters in the world you got hulk you got iron man you got hawkeye and, like that's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's fair that's fair. Fair, uh, fair Anthony any other scenes that you like to run through prior to us closing this book uh, um well maybe not necessarily scenes but I think again I think yeah I think of uh, Coulson when he shoots Loki with oh, the super gun and he said that oh, was amazing. <laughs> And this was him after being stabbed, and of course his uh yeah his death was uh like to Nitz's point earlier was in a very important part in bringing these uh bringing these guys together and getting them mm-hmm. in the right direction. So yeah, I would say that, and yeah, I think that would be, that would be pretty much it for me. Yeah, as far um, as I'm concerned. Jumping on the Agent Coulson train, uh, when Iron Man flies in and says. Uh, Neat's already talked about it earlier, but 
it really is a gut punch you find later on in a way that's unexpected when mm-hmm. he uh, dies. And it's yeah, that that's another one that comes out of left field. You didn't maybe they just did such a good job in this film, but you didn't realize you cared. <laughs> It's yeah. what he did. You're almost right. everyone is almost Tony Stark in that moment where he shows up at the beginning. It's like, oh, it's Agent Coulson again, and then suddenly, oh no, Agent Coulson. Right. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. Magical. Yeah. That's what that's what I love about this movie. They really did like ingrain your care for certain characters in different ways, really naturally. Mm-hmm. And he just he's so like when he talks to Captain America, there's just a sincerity to him because the thing that I think is special about his character is that all the other people at S.H.I.E.L.D. are either, like, super broken people or, like, super shady secret people, but he just, like, genuinely... I I believe the way they portray him is that he genuinely wants to bring these people together because they can. he thinks that they can do something special. And right. that belief... Like, Nick Fury can't convince them of that because Nick Fury's not... doesn't wear that on his sleeve. Like... Agent Coulson mm-hmm. is the only one who could convince him of that because when he talks to Captain America, his eye, he has the look of like a 10-year-old kid in his eyes and that there's this sincerity to it that I think is important because like, yeah, Nick Fury can't inspire them in the same way. Mm-hmm. Completely. Um, Neats, any other straight thoughts from the film? Yeah, uh, honorable mention to how good... And I'm sorry if you can hear my radiator, but, you know, it's New York, so we'll let it be. Um, shout out to how good Loki was at making me realize that he's really just a feelings-driven, I-just-want-to-rule kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. did a really good job of that. Of You know, he's laughing, essentially, throughout the entire film. And even when Thor, even when he sees the thunder, he's, like, a little bit scared, but he doesn't care. And then Thor grabs him into a scene that you guys have already mentioned a couple of times. It's a great scene. Mm-hmm. He does not care about anything that's happening until he essentially says our father or you can mm-hmm. come back while i rule you know so um they you, you really can tell his feelings are actually hurt this whole time but he's hiding it yes constantly. he yeah. has so many feelings throughout the movie which is why like shout out one more time to the hulk because he's the only one at the end where he's midway <laughs> through talking about his feelings again and right. then the hulk just like shuts him up. he's like stop yeah just smacks him yeah like like give it a break and i, I think yeah. that that makes loki an interesting villain in this because I don't know, like, I think that any villain who's absolute evil is... Or, like, even villains who just, like, want power, like, vague power are not that interesting Mm -hmm. or believable. But, like, it is kind of, like, cheesy, but if you're a god, you are willing to take over a planet because you feel slighted by your brother. Like, I'm willing to buy that. And, like, just, Mm -hmm. like, the the acting that Tom Hiddleston does in the scenes with him and Thor actually is, like, it's, it's good complex acting, and I think that... Um, very much so like I think Loki gets overused later in the series but I think he's I, li- I like him in this movie a lot Jerome um, I had a quick quick question for the panel um, sure. so we get to the end of the film the credits playing, so everything is everything is everything is like what you call it I love the the, the music love them showing all the the, the icons of each mm-hmm. character and mm-hmm. stuff like that so then we get to the end credit scene so it's like we go back to space and we see this uh we we see obviously one of the one of the guys who had uh, empowered Loki with the uh with the uh tesseract and the mind stone to use and mm-hmm. the scepter and stuff like that and then of course we pan at the very end to what is Thanos. Did you guys know who Thanos was? No, um, I didn't. no. I, I had no idea. I had you guys no had, idea. 
So I so I knew just from the comic book, so just having an idea of who this was, and when I saw that that's who that was, I was like, oh, okay, so this is not ending anytime soon. So <laughs> I, I so I, I just I just felt. And that's a it's a good thing that I thought about it last minute because I don't think you can mention this no. Avengers movie without realizing that the 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 looming figure just I just the picture of him smiling at the end mm-hmm. like like oh these these uh this group of heroes struggle to beat an alien army they have no idea what's coming for them eventually so that I think the Thanos picture I think is important in the series as we get closer and closer to what's what's about to come i mean yeah that was what end of phase one and then we don't actually really see him until the end four. of ultra oh no well we see oh, no like, well no actually guardians? we see him um but when guardians not, right guardians guardians, the guardians and then but when does he play when does he start playing a genuine villain figure that's not just looming and is like the the main focus that's not until infinity war no it's not yeah it hasn't happened yet he yeah still loses. so yeah that's insane they set that up what six years ago yeah yeah uh, and also shout out to the other credit scene um my favorite fun fact and i don't remember where i learned this but uh the reason why uh captain america has his hand next to his face is because they shot it uh way afterwards and chris evans had grown a beard for another role so uh- <laughs> I don't yeah, remember nice. why I remember. I think it probably probably was Snowpiercer just based on the time, but uh, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, also, that was Robert Downey Jr.'s suggestion. He apparently improvised. He didn't improvise. It's not like he said it on the spot, but he suggested. Where in the script, the line was just "What's next?" Uh, which is really <laughs> cheesy. <laughs> um, uh, but he said, "What if it was like?" You ever tried I, I just love the. There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. Like that's I don't know. It's it's so great. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, speaking about foreshadowing and even uh, like we haven't really talked about him as much as the other ones. Uh, Thor, the Thor versus Hulk scene is very underrated. I forgot how good that scene is. Yeah, right. Uh, the fight between those two, and especially now that Ragnarok exists, it it's absurd how much this one movie sets up. Yeah. Uh, overall, um. I think we can close the book on this film. Uh, the last thing we need to do, we got to yes. rank these. Yep. Uh. And I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be divided. I, now I know we had our first divide because our current rankings for uh, Anthony and myself are Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Iron Man Two, and uh, maybe another film that may or may not exist. Uh, for <laughs> for Jake, it's Iron Man, Captain America. Thor, Iron Man 2, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Neats, would you have changed anything in that ranking for either side, or would you agree with one of them? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're pretty spot on. It goes, I don't start with Iron Man. It goes Avengers, Iron Man, Captain America, Iron Man 2, Thor. I don't like Thor. I'm so sorry. It's um, all good. And Thank then, you. like, that's it, because, you know, 2008, Ed Norton absolutely did not happen. Okay. Um, well, uh, just driving that point home, oh boy. Jake, AC, I'll just a couple more times. <laughs> Jake, AC, Avengers at the top. Absolutely. Is that really? Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, without a doubt, just put the Avengers at the top and the rest of the films in the same order as yeah. uh, as this. All right. Well, um, 
that's everything for this podcast, this Ooh, episode. Neat. This fun. Thank you for joining us. Thank Please you. Please come back again. This was, was awesome. Thank you. Um, we should all go out for shawarma now. Is that does that that sound about right? I mean, <laughs> says the guy who the only person who's not in New York City. So. I know. Look, I'm trying here. I, 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 I'm, I'm in the location where, again, a movie that may or may not exist was filmed. So, <laughs> yeah, we can, uh, we can, we can, we'll, we'll, we'll get some shawarma in the six. All right. Thank you. Why not? Thank you. Again, thank you, everyone. We will see you all for phase two. Back for Iron Man three. I know one person on this pod has very strong feelings, but save them. We'll get there. We'll get there. Great uh, movie. Don't don't. Oh man, don't start with me, man. Don't, don't start. We're almost at an hour. For the love of God, I am my the other day. I'm my, not my my mouse is above the stop recording button. That's just come on. <laughs> all right, all right. So that will be it for this podcast. We'll see you for Iron Man three, and maybe maybe some more recent films uh, soon. Have a great one, everyone. Bye bye. Oh wait, should we do the follow? How to find us? Oh, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of I'll course. Be... Okay. I did not press stop yet. For our... Fantastic. For our honorary guest, Neats, how can people find you, follow you, what's going on in your life, if whatever you'd like to share? Ooh, um, I'm just going to let y'all know where to follow me. I'm on Twitter. Um, you might have seen me in your feed. I tweet a lot. I'm at Nitz Blue. It's N-I-T-Z-B-L-U-V. That's it. Jake? Um, at the J Christie on Twitter, you can listen to my other podcast, Sorted History. Um, uh, you know, I'm doing episodes of that every week too. Uh, whatever, you know, follow me, don't follow me. It's up to you. Subscribe to Sorted History. Subscribe and rate and review five stars. Uh, Anthony, how can we find yes. you? Yes, uh, on Twitter, AC Spotlight Nine Five. Uh, the Poetry Book Selfish. Check it out. Uh, rate and review it. And obviously this podcast, which has been a, a, a great undertaking with you, with you gentlemen, and of course, Nitz as well. Appreciate you coming on. This has been fun. Let's keep the party rolling. Find me at Black Dragon Roll. Jake, you can hit that stop button now. Have a Bye-bye, good one. Bye, guys. <laughs>